Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Almasia come. Christos vos cresci. Christos anviat. Christos resuscitado. Christ is risen. You're getting a little better. <laughs> name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today we come to Thomas Sunday, where we see beloved St. Thomas beginning with an attitude of previously disbelieving, but then deeply believing. That may indicate to us some that we go through these same problems, these same questions. In the account today, we see uh, the doors being shut, and then the Lord appears to the disciples. I always think that that would be an incredible time to actually be uh, alive and be a part of the band of Christ when he was with them for 40 days after the resurrection. <laughs> like, what? In and out of door, doors are shut, he's in and out of the rooms, he's there and he's not there. and He's teaching them, opening the scriptures to them, reading all those Old Testament texts and saying, that's me, that was me, that was me, that's about me. And their eyes are just, they just exploded with... Uh, with joy, I'm sure. Then he says, peace be to you. He says this twice. He says at first because he wanted to comfort them for they were in fear of the Jews. And then he said it a second time that they might give it to others to send them out. So peace to comfort them, peace to send them out. Then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the reception of the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. Because there was work for them to do, but they weren't given the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit until Pentecost. But the Spirit was given to them to do the work they needed to do in those 40 days, those 50 days. And St. Thomas is not present at this time when, he's, when the Lord's with the disciples. So we see this moment of skepticism in Thomas. He's incredulous. He's skeptical. He says, except I see in the hands the print of the nails and place my hands in the print of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. We see this moment uh, of, of you, you can imagine though, in, in so many ways, you know, Thomas was, as were the other disciples, almost destroyed their faith when Christ died. And it's like, I, I need more than just your words. I need, I need to see something, because my heart is broken. And so the Lord appears to him and says, Thomas, put your hands here. And he places his hands in his side, and Thomas becomes a believing apostle. The Lord says, don't be faithless, but believing. All his questions were answered. His doubt was assuaged. An explosion of faith. And then he uses these beautiful, this beautiful phrase that really is our phrase, and we should be 
continually affirming it in our life, my Lord and my God. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Then the Lord said, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. So he's speaking to all those that will follow, including us. So I want to make three points from uh, these texts. The first is this, uh, these words of the Lord when he appears to his apostles, peace be to you. He's in a sense that's this, always this affirmation that God is with us, that God is in us. Peace be to you to comfort us, to send us out. You know, we, we kind of come in and out of that just because life gets complicated sometimes. But in this time of celebrating the resurrection of Christ, he's given us this beautiful opportunity to live a resurrected life. A resurrected life. Not just a life where we're kind of getting through. A life where the power of the resurrection has been given to you. You have a new humanity given to you at baptism. And you live in that, you live in that humanity. You live in according to that humanity. He gives us a life that saves us. A life that lifts us above our human potential. So we see reality from a divine perspective. You know, this perspective the Lord gives us a hint of what it should be. When he's on the cross and even St. Stephen had lived this resurrected life at his stone, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. What? That's the resurrected life. There's a beautiful... In the canon, the last Irmos, it says, um, call brothers, even those that hate us, and forgive all by the resurrection. <laughs> what? Call brothers, even though that ha those that hate us, and forgive all by the resurrection. That's the life that God is asking us to live, that he gives us the opportunity to live this life. To just forgive. Hold no grudges, no resentments, no bitterness. Get rid of it. You have the resurrected life of Christ. Wow. That's powerful, powerful way to live the life. Beloved, Christ is risen. You're being called to live this life. You know, it's, it's a beautiful moment in the Paschal service when the priest comes and stands with the paschal candle and says, come ye take light from the light. Come take the resurrected life from the resurrected life. That's, that, that's, an, that's an event, beloved. It's not just, oh, we're going to go around with a candle and we're going to sing. No, there's something happening at that moment. Come take light from the light. Come take the resurrected life from the one who was risen from the dead. You receive the light. Live according to that light. You have this incredible opportunity to live a resurrected life. You can tell I'm excited. This is a good thing. 
So then we come to this moment of St. Thomas's skepticism. Um, he's not credulous. He doesn't believe quickly. He's really, in a sense, incredulous, very skeptical. But this is not, again, uh, uncommon in the apostolic band. Because when Christ was crucified, they all fled. So it's not like Thomas was an exception here. And they all needed some solid evidence of Christ's resurrection to believe. So this reality for us is given to us by a, an interaction with God, an inner relationship with Christ, something that happened inside, something happened internally, something happened in my life where the reality of God was uh, an absolute there was no other question that that could be anything but God. So that internal um, reality that God implants in us, that not only do we say God is with us and God is in us, we know that because there's an inner experience and we should always be seeking, even allowing that experience to grow in us, in the things we do, in the way we pray, our life as, a Christ, as Christians. But there's another thing that's important here because it's not just an inner knowing, it's an outer knowing like St. Thomas. I need to see. I need to see something. And the Lord gives us an opportunity as a church community, beloved, to be that for people. That they can believe in God because we love each other. I was thinking about this. That God is real. God is really present. God is with us. How do we know this? Because we love each other. We're called to do this. We have a responsibility not only to one another, but to Christ to be that example so that the reality of God's presence is here. We work things out, work out our differences. We forgive each other. We care for each other. We care for our community. Loving one another is an example of Christ's presence. And it affirms that belief in people that God is real. So we have this responsibility and should always take it very seriously. So the last is these beautiful words of St. Thomas when he says, My Lord and my God. You know, he's heartbroken feels the Lord is the faith that they had all followed for those three years had been somehow, they, tri they tripped on it, they tripped on this reality. So he accepts his crucifixion, the death and the burial, and now he accepts the resurrection. He says, my Lord and my God. These words are very important to us because we need to continue to say them and look deeply into ourselves, do, how do we uh, evaluate that word, my Lord, my God? My Lord, he sits on the throne of my heart and the throne of my mind. You know, it's, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, we don't agree with the Catholic ecclesiology that the Pope has ultimate authority over everything. Well, beloved, you know who sometimes is your pope? You. You. 
Sometimes, right? Sometimes the Lord's not your Lord. Sometimes you are your Lord. And this is our, our we, we have to struggle away from this. You know, it's one of the beautiful things about Orthodox spirituality is you need spiritual guidance. You need spiritual guidance. You cannot be your pope. You just need a spiritual guide, somebody to help you along the way, somebody to point things out to you. So you keep away from being your Lord. So this is an important piece. Uh, I was, I've had some really beautiful experiences in my journey in orthodoxy. One was formed by Father Richard uh, Ballou in my spiritual life. Uh, Father John Braun has always been uh, a counselor for me. I kind of throw things at him and, and uh, it's so many times it's so funny because sometimes I ask him a question. I said, I think you should do that. He says, no, you shouldn't do that. I said, what? That's a good idea. He says, not a good idea. Thank God there was somebody there that said to me, don't do that. You know, it's, it's beautiful, it's important. Um, and I remember um, Mother Victoria, who's been to many of us that same way. Uh, well, Father John Finley's not here, so I'll share it with him. I confessed to Father John one time, and it was at the end of a Lent, and it was a very unsuccessful Lent. I mean, everything I planned didn't work right, and uh, just felt a total failure. And as I was going through my confession with Father John, he said, Father Nicholas, it sounds like you need a savior. I said, wow, Lent worked. <laughs> it worked. Because you've been trying to do all this by yourself. So spiritual guidance, you, all these things, these little things in, in my life and in your life, you know where you got some word from another person that where the Lord sat back on your throne and you pulled yourself off of it. It's a very important piece of your spiritual life to have spiritual counsel. And then to say, my Lord and my God. You know, I think during Lent we find that there are other gods in our life, there are other appetites we follow, things that draw us in, uh, that... Uh, that we have to kind of uh, mediate, we have to deal with very carefully, um, so that the Lord, that our appetites aren't our God, our, our opinions aren't our gods, uh, our, our politic isn't our gods, that we have a God who is the Lord himself. So th these words are not just to be said, but to be looked at deeply, my Lord and my God. Lord, I have no other, no other person sits on the throne but you. I have no other gods before you. I have no other appetites that are greater than my appetite for you. That's where we go with those words. My Lord and my God. So, Lord, help us not to be faithless but believing, that we may say from the depth of our heart, my Lord and my God, Christ is risen.